This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. On Sons of the Shoe, we are back. We are ready to talk about Ohio State, Wisconsin, all this Michigan nonsense. You guys can follow the show on our Twitter handles, as you see there, at Nick Wilson says, at Spencito. Please be sure, we are a new podcast. Please follow, rate, and, of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Spencer, how the hell are you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Nick. Can't complain, man. Uh, just, you know, still reeling. For, not really. That's the wrong word. That's a completely wrong word. Still, uh, you know, feeling good about the win on, on Saturday, but... Certainly wrapped up in a lot of this Michigan cheating scandal and ready for uh, another week of college football that, that awaits us on the weekend. I know we got to preview the Wisconsin game, which feels anticlimactic, even though they are 5-2 and two and technically the leader in the uh, Big Ten West right now. But you mentioned it, the Michigan stuff. And if we just set up the details of this Michigan scandal, this sign-stealing scandal, just setting up the details as of right now would be its own one-hour podcast. But the highlights are here is that Michigan has this uh, GA, Connor Stallions, who has been connected to and accused of sign stealing, including um, paying under his own name for multiple uh, airline tickets to uh, to future Big Ten opponents and potential playoff opponents for Michigan over the last couple of years. They have proof of that. And... Um, they also have photographic evidence from stadium security of him in the building. So that's where we start. And again, just to reset for the sign stealing side of things. Those damn AI facial recognition it, scanners, you know, they get how do you we every know, time. How do we know that AI wasn't lying? You never know. <laughs> I mean, AI could just be an Ohio State fan at this point. But there's an important distinction to make here as we start this conversation. Sign stealing in and of itself is a time-honored tradition in college football. All all sports, all sports. In all sports, that's right. Sometimes it wins you (laughs) World Series. And in this case, what's at stake was whether this person did uh, in-person scouting, which is illegal, and whether he used technology to help sign steal. And that seems to be what the NCAA is trying to prove. I did as best as I could to sum this up in a small (laughs) amount of time, but I'm just curious, where do you lean with what you've seen so far out of the story? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things. To your point, Nick, like it's it's a time honored tradition across, I think, all sports, but in college football especially. I think my initial reaction was, I'm sure everybody's doing this. Not that that excuses it necessarily, because I know that's always the thing people jump to. It's like, oh well, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody's doing something like this in some capacity. It's like, yeah, that's probably true. But obviously, in the eyes of the NCAA, it's still breaking and violating a rule. So I can understand why they're going to try to do whatever it is that they can do with whatever amount of power they even still have left after NILs now thing to try to, I guess, enact some sort of punishment on Michigan here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's to me, I'm less worried, Nick, about what this all means for 
like Michigan right now and vacating wins and what the punishment's going to be. And the fact that they did this and just in general, because again, I think it is something that a lot of people are probably doing uh, or a lot of teams are probably doing. I'm, I'm more so interested in what the aftermath of this is because I've already been on the record saying, I think that Jim Harbaugh, he's, he always drops the hints that he's ready to go on to the NFL. And I think this year with, what the, the 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 cheeseburger situation when he bought a couple of recruits cheeseburgers that got him suspended to start the season and now this I think this is all just kind of pointing to the writing being on the wall for Jim Harbaugh where it's like he's just he's just gonna say you know what I'm done with the NCAA being up my ass about everything and it's time for me to go back to the NFL and have success there I mean Harbaugh does seem like a guy who constantly needs uh authority figure or villain to push back against I think I think that's why San Francisco went poorly. I think that's why a lot of his stops as a head coach have not gone on as long as Michigan have. And, and here's the thing: like I'm one, I don't know how you can prove that Jim Harbaugh had knowledge of this. And I think there's a big difference in the punishment between Harbaugh knowing and not knowing. You can still use the old dreaded uh, lack of institutional control. But if you really wanted to make a case out of Jim Harbaugh, you have to prove that that he knows. And honestly, I don't even know how significant this scandal, like what, like, is it going to be a game suspension? Like people are talking about vacating wins. They're talking about end of times for Michigan. And we actually have a little audio to play that I think kind of falls in line with this. I just, I'll be honest with you. I think the whole thing's ridiculous. Um, uh, one, I do think Connor Stallions is really bad at cheating. If everything that has come out, like there's a Venmo payment to a coaching assistant the day before the Ohio State Georgia playoff game, and under the 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 like reason for it just says GA. Like that's just stupid. Like this is this is this is like a bad villain in like a diehard movie of like, aren't you supposed to be more badass than this? Your name is Connor Stallions for Christ's sake. Like you sound like a horse of a man, and instead you look a bit like a jackass. Like, I'm a little disappointed in Connor Stallions. Like, do better if you're going to cheat. And two, I do think, like, I'll be honest with you, and I, I have no foreknowledge of anything. It's going to make me sound like I'm implicating somebody. I'll tell you right now, having had discussions with a fair amount of people when I was in Charlotte around major programs, Guys skirt these lines all the time. Oh, this yeah. is so – and I'm like, I know sign stealing is rampant, but in terms of all that other stuff, all that spy gate, the Belichick stuff, teams, major programs do this. They don't need to, by the way. Here's what's infuriating me. One, I think Ohio State's behind at least part of this story, which I think looks so bad. Like, Guys, whether they're cheating or not, wh whether you're cheating or not, or or the definition of cheating, all this crap. Like, to me, this is what a loser school does. This is what Indiana does because you can't beat Michigan. This is what Purdue does. This is what uh, Maryland does. Well, Maryland's okay. Rutgers does. This well, is not what Ohio State should do. Well, Greg Schiano, there's that clip of Greg Schiano during the game. Uh, he did, like, his halftime interview, and he had the quote about, like, yeah, you know, some so there's some there's some bad, there's some just awful thing. Not he didn't say awful, but he he was like, there's some shady things going on out there, and it's just really unfortunate, something like that. And now everyone's pointing to that and saying like, oh, he knew what he knew what was going on, he knew it was happening. So I, I I guess I agree with you. Like I'm sure Ohio State maybe had a hand in un un you know revealing all this, but I do think it seems like other Big Ten programs are picking up on it. Um, but I I do I do think too like. Yes, it, it's definitely rampant. It's it's probably going on in other programs. Uh, it is funny. We always we always talk, Nick, whether it's uh, college football programs or other programs. You know, here locally in Cleveland, we always talk about these 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 uh, different sports teams and franchises, like having these these deep thoughts and everything's mapped out a certain way, and they have all the. And sometimes when this type of stuff happens, and you see how just bad they were at covering it up it makes you realize that maybe we give sometimes these programs or these sports teams like way too much credit for trying to like plot these things out like we we act like they're the smartest people ever and they have this big old system and they they're they're going to skirt the rules and they have this whole master plan when all these things get unve unveiled and then it's really like you know what maybe it was just there was a people who were just being kind of stupid 
<laughs> maybe it was just a bunch of stupid people doing stupid things and they didn't really cover their tracks very well at all. So I think we sometimes give them too much credit. This is another thing that I've learned covering the NFL. And there's like this American ideology. And I think it is mostly American that if you're a billionaire, you must be smart. Uh, or if you're a millionaire, you must be smarter than the average bear. And I understand why it is that way. Money is the way that we gauge things in this country. But I'm here to tell you, guys, they're just as dumb and fearful as we are. They are. They just don't have to worry about their car payment. Like everybody, <laughs> we're all on the same level. We have different levels of concerns and whether we're going to get through the week or not. But like, yes, just because somebody is a billionaire, it does not mean they're actually brilliant or a mastermind. Some folks just get lucky. Same thing with millionaires. But I will say, and I want to double look at you back Elon on Musk. this. Like, yeah, mm, you, you can you can say that. I can't. My partner, uh, Dustin Fox, Afternoon Drive, loves Elon Musk. I'm not getting divorced over Elon Musk comments. <laughs> but I will tell you, man, it bugs me to see Ohio State fans embrace this scandal full-throated and full-hearted. And they, they're doing it because bleep Michigan. And I get that, but I think at the end of the day, one, let's be honest here, guys, this is in some ways a witch hunt. And I hate having to, it sounds like I'm defending Jim Harbaugh. This could be the Michigan, uh, the Ann Arbor, uh, you know, Sons of Ann Arbor podcast. That's not what I'm doing. Here. <laughs> I'm simply saying the NCAA is lashing out at Jim Harbaugh. And that doesn't make, just because it's against Michigan doesn't make it right. And here's the other thing. Sign stealing's not why Ohio State's lost the last two years. It's not. Or sorry, why Ohio State has lost to Michigan the last two years. It's not. They've lost because the other team played the better brand of football because the other team was more physical, because the other team has closed the talent gap. And this year, you're going into a Michigan game where they're the better team. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better run game because of the guys they have on that offensive line. I think you might have the better defense, but again, we'll find that out in Ann Arbor. So to me, this is a giant distraction for Ohio State. Like, I don't give a damn. Guys, Michigan, the only way Michigan is the isn't, whole state of Michigan? The whole state of Michigan. The only way <laughs> Michigan isn't winning a title is if you stop them, not if the NCAA stops them. Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to help your chances against Michigan this year. As a matter of fact, it might only piss them off. And to try and add validity to this because, well, I don't like Michigan, is horseshit. And somebody needs to say that. Like, quite frankly, guys, listen, even if this That's is right. happening. We can I'm say not that, that on true. here because it's a podcast. It's not the radio. That's right. Well, I don't know that I can say it here, but I am <laughs> going to say it here because that's approximately what it is. And it just it just annoys me. It's it's just a distraction. And if you end up, here's because here's my fear. There's a good chance you're going to play Michigan this year and lose. And if anybody falls back on sign stealing, it's laughable and it's lose your mentality. You are Ohio friggin' state. Like, you are the big boy in this conference. You have a no, million advantages, for sure. Like, come on. Let's act like the big boys. Let's not yeah. act like petty fanboys. This is what it is. And I want, can we play the clip? Of yeah, one, one sec, Nick. I, I did want to say one thing. Um, you're right in that it definitely sounds like sour grapes. And, you know, I, I think here's the distinction for me, though. If the team is going to sit there and use that as an excuse and let it be a distraction. And if they lose come, you know, end of November, uh, I forget the exact date this year, the game, but um, if they lose that game and they're looking back and saying like, Oh, well, we know what they're doing over there. And that's why we lost. Yes. hundred percent losers mentality, sour grapes, all that they should, to me, this is happening. Ohio state has to do their best to just play this thing down the middle and just say, Hey, we're not, we're not commenting. We're not worrying about it. We're just taking care of – we got Wisconsin this week. That's what we're focused on. But I will say for the fans, yes, like it, it, it feels the same for the fans to say that and use that as an excuse too and be like, oh, yeah, vacate the wins. Give us give us the two wins the last two years because they've been stealing signs against us and they cheated and all this different stuff. Yes, you're right. But and, – and if the shoe was on the other foot, we know that Ohio State fans would be saying the exact same thing Michigan fans are saying right now. But that's also – the beauty of being a fan is you have the luxury of when it's not happening to your program, you get to look at the other people and judge them harshly and throw all this, you know, mud at them and say, Oh, they're not doing it the right way. Take their wins away. I, I, I can't fault the fans as much for, for wanting to sort of 
to to lean into that a little bit because I do think that's part of sports and that's part of what makes it fun being fans is like when the other teams having having uh being investigated by the NCAA, you get to kind of laugh at them. It's it's just kind of how it goes. It's par for the course. Can I tell you though, the only thing that bugs me about that is like again, I I'll use the word loser mentality. Like it's it's weird to watch how high and mighty Ohio State fans, how all of us were when we kicked their ass for 20 years. And now that Michigan's won the last two years, and ever since the second half ass kicking by Michigan last year, like it's just been panic. It's just been running around and it's insecurity. And I just hate, like, to me, it's so weird. And it's this is not an Ohio State problem, just to be clear. This is a Michigan problem. It's a Clemson problem. It's a Florida State problem. It's Miami, Texas, USC, Alabama, Georgia. It's so weird to me when fan bases who are still very much on top, they're seven and oh, it's a down year. They're seven and oh. And all of a sudden you get insecure. And it's like, no, you've still kicked their ass for the better parts of 20 years. And I the reason why I made the mention of Ohio State. If you're if you're in on this and if you're if you're helping spearhead this cause or if you're part of the informant team, yeah, I think you have like that to me is a distraction. Nobody on that staff should be thinking anything of the next few games and how you beat Michigan. And tattling on Michigan, I have no interest. Do not care. Because at worst, it's not going to cost them a national championship. It's not going to cost them a spot in the playoffs. At worst, they'll have to either sit Jim Harbaugh. Or here's the other thing. I'm not even sure Michigan's going to like comply if the NCAA tries to punish them. The NCAA was trying to punish Jim Harbaugh with a four-game suspension yeah. or more, and Jim Harbaugh was like, no, no, we're good. Well, you know what? I'll take a three-game suspension against three teams I have no concern about. So, like, good luck. You yeah. found the one person who's just not going to pull in with your crap and is not going to, oh, you know what? You're right. I'll sit out the playoffs this year to bow down to the NCAA. Jim Harbaugh is crazy. He is loco in la cabeza. He is not effing around. <laughs> and he's not letting these jackasses in the NCAA in Indianapolis cost him his chance at what would be the ultimate walk-off moment. The ultimate walk-off moment is winning a national title and then go back to the NFL, likely to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. And I think this actually leads nicely into – um, into the, the the clip that we have from one of our shows on 92 Through the Fan here in Cleveland. Uh, Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima were talking about this exact thing and sort of alluding to what you got to with, you know, what should Michigan essentially get out in front of this and invoke their own punishment on Jim Harbaugh instead of letting the NCAA come in and do the dirty work and do it for them so that they can maybe still be able to set themselves up for that walk-off that you speak of, of trying to chase a national championship. Let's play this clip for you, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Jim Harbaugh will claim there's plausible deniability. He absolutely will. Sure. I don't understand how, in this situation, this is directly involved in your football games. Like, this isn't Coach K with, like, $5,000 and a Louie to some kid in, in 2017. This is directly involved to your game plans. You can't tell me there's no way you didn't know. Now, he's going to say it, and I'm going to say, yeah, I don't believe you. If I'm Michigan, I got to think about the future of my program because I think Jim Harbaugh is just going to go to Chicago. Well, I thought he I was, think he's just going to go to Chicago thought, or anywhere Kenny, else. He tried to leave last year. So what you do I think now? He was going to leave anyway. If after you're this Michigan, year. if you're Michigan, I suspend him now. So you take matters in your I, own I hands. I have to take. I have to. I have yeah. to. They already did something as a preemptive strike before, and I'd say, you know what? I have to protect what they've built. They've built something great. And if you're Michigan football, you do not want to go back into hell or where you were before. And they, I know they had one sugar bowl with Brady Hoke. But other than that, it was pure hell for what almost was 20 years until Jim Harbaugh finally got him to the other level. Now people are saying that wasn't even legitimate because of your sign stealing. You've already made a preemptive strike once. I say you do it again. Protect the future of your program because Jim Harbaugh is going to be gone. And he's going to leave with no repercussions because it's the NFL and you're going to be left holding whatever power against the the NCAA has against you. But devil's advocate, Kenny, look at what happened in Kansas. What did Kansas lose with all, all, the, was all that, the – they had mountains of evidence that they were using Adidas to steer players – to Lawrence, that's they 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 had him. They had him red-handed. But this is and it, what this happened is, in the end. Nothing. This is nothing happened. The, you're getting players. It's one thing to get players, and you could say, "Hey, 
We got big men, and I don't know. We got we got boosters who really, really love our program, and I can't keep an eye on all of them. They're all adults, and I'm an adult, and I can't sit there and tell adults what to do with their money. And Bill Self can look you dead in the eye and say that and actually mean it and be truthful with it. Coach K could say the same thing. He doesn't know about any of that stuff because he don't want to know about any of that stuff. But when it comes to your game plans, hard for me to believe the head football coach don't know about these things. Nick, I, th- I think it's a it's um it's an interesting question. It's an interesting, I guess, point from Ken on should they just kind of get out in front of it and invoke their own punishment on Jim Harbaugh like they did to start the season. And I see where they're coming from. I, I here's the thing for me. I don't know the NCA. I feel like is so inconsistent with these punishments. Like I don't know what's in store. They they mm-hmm. could just say, hey, it's whatever. Everybody's doing this. You know, we already got you earlier this year, so we're gonna let this one go. Or this one's not that big of a deal. Um, I don't know off the top of my head like other instances where this type of uh, this type of infraction has happened and what they've done, or. They could be like, hey, two times in one year, we're coming and knocking on your door. Guess what? Now we're definitely throwing the book at you. You're done. You're getting these wins vacated, which is still wins vacated thing is like the most useless punishment of all time. Nobody cares. We all saw it happen. They tried to take Reggie Bush's Heisman, and we all went years and years still talking about how, hey, remember that year when Reggie Bush was the best player in college football history and he he won the Heisman? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, like that that means nothing to me, but I don't know what the the my, my biggest thing is to Ken's point. I see where he's coming from because if Michigan even has any inkling that they're going to get the book thrown at them, they probably should get out in front of it. But I, I still think at, at the end of all this, like the biggest thing I take away from all this is what it means for Jim Harbaugh's future, which they also alluded to on the clip there. I, like, I think he's gone no matter what. And maybe that's why you do get out in front of it. Like Ken mentioned, because then you at least set yourself up to sort of be okay on the other side. Because if he's leaving anyway, he's going to leave you with nothing. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say is uh, it's a very valid fear for for Michigan uh, to be left holding the bag with Jim Harbaugh. Um, but here's what the bag that they will be left holding will contain, potentially a national championship trophy. So the idea that a team with the Heisman favorite with – Uh, a team that I think absolutely looks like the best Michigan team that they've had would, would preemptively suspend Jim Harbaugh in fear of some, I I don't know, hammer dropping for the NCAA, which is a feckless organization. They have no balls. They have no balls left. They have no power (laughs) left. You know why? Because they've been trying to hammer Bill Self to the wall for a decade. I mean, they they just have dudes on record, and that's um, you know, uh, Lima brought this up. Like they just they've had the bag man be like, "Who paid you?" He did over there, the guy that Bill Self guy, and here we are. They're still not able to drop the hammer, and that is way more anti amateur athletics than seeing than sign stealing. This is a one game suspension. And the idea that Michigan boosters should cower in fear of the almighty NCAA. Here's the thing. If they, let's say they, they they follow this thing down the rabbit hole and there are suspensions meted out, you know when they're likely to be next year? And, and that's if anything happens. So why would you endanger the best year? This is the payoff. This is the payoff for the milk with steak. This is the payoff well, for the that, Ward Manual feud. This is the payoff for everything. Go win that, a national title. And that's the problem with the NCAA too, Nick, is they're always very reactionary and they, they don't like proactively respond to anything. It's always like, oh, well, we'll wait. Like, so if they go out and win a national championship this season and then they find like, say this goes even deeper and there was like plant, like moles in different, in different teams and all these, like say they discovered all this like corruptness, right? They'll come out next year and be like, oh, we're vacating the national championship instead of being like, hey, we should probably try to stop this beforehand. Then it's too late because, like I said, vacating wins means nothing to me. We they're saw also, it happen. They're it, also it, not going to vacate a national title. True. They're not going to do it. Like, no. this is uh, the the hardest that I think anyone's going to get hit. The Connor Stallions well, you lose get, all credibility if you do that. I mean, Well, sure. no, they don't have credibility in the NCAA. Well, but you they do, don't. whatever credibility they have left, like whatever you think of when you hear the NCAA for a lot of people, like, oh, yeah, they govern – college sports like you lose all that there's nothing left for you 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 really drain the 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 uh the lake on that if you just do something like that like you can't you can't vacate a national championship i don't know that they care 
I just don't think they have the power. And I think I think they are on their last legs. I think this is personal with Harbaugh. And and here's the thing. It didn't matter if it was Ohio State or Michigan. The 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 allegations don't really bug me. They they kind of I kind of laugh at them. And I just think I think it's wasting time if you're an Ohio State fan bugging out over these or or casting aspersions because in the end you're still going to play Michigan. And as of right now, they're still the better team. I still think Michigan has its best chance to win a national title since I don't, Lloyd Lloyd Carr went away. <laughs> like I just yeah. I retired. So like I don't think any of those things are going to change. Michigan's on the war path to a potential national title, and I just I think it's a whole distraction. I, I honestly like you're right. The uh, you're right about the NCAA and you know credibility. They don't care, and this is proving that they don't care. So. Uh, We have more to get into on the Sons of the Shoe podcast. We will get into Wisconsin and uh, Ohio State. We will get into something you had to think or something you had to say about Ryan Day. That's next. After word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sons of the Shoe is back. Nick Wilson, Spencer German, and you have been all over Ryan Day and the word toughness. And you mentioned to me today you really want to get into this on the podcast. He mentioned it yet again. I'm curious (laughs) um, how many times Ryan Day has to mention his team is tough before it becomes true. Yeah, I think we have, you know what? I think we need to start for the show. We need to start uh, a toughness or a physical. It's either physical or it's toughness. We need to start a counter. And we need to do like his post-game press conferences, his uh, his post-game interviews on, on TV, maybe his one of his weekly press conferences, like his first one of the week or something like that. I don't know. We got to find which 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 platforms we want to we want to use this for. But I think we need to do a counter of the number of times he mentions the word toughness or physical, because I think that he is trying so hard to speak into existence. Listen, what, as we, as we sort of transition from talking about Michigan, the thing that has been said about Michigan the last two years when they beat Ohio state is that they were the more physical team. They are built to beat Ohio state and Ohio state is built to win in the playoff against these more finesse teams. And that's played out on the field, Michigan, bullied Ohio State the last couple of years. And so I think Ryan Day is so in his head with this that he just can't possibly let it go that people are saying his team is not tough. He doesn't build a, a, a physical team. He hasn't constructed this roster to be that that physical team when things are you know out there in the fourth quarter and you got to kind of grind it out and rush your way, use the run game to, to win a game. They don't think he has that in him with the group that he's assembled, and he is trying so hard to prove everybody wrong and tell everybody he can that we're a tough team. How many times did he say tough team in his rant about Lou Holtz after the Notre Dame game? He just kept saying, we're a tough team, as his voice cracked 13 times. Like He was so fired up about the fact that people were saying his team wasn't tough, and they continue to say his team wasn't tough, that now he is just in his his head. The talking points when he goes out and speaks to anybody publicly is – Say the team is tough. Say the team is physical. At some point, they'll start to believe it. And guess what? Nobody's going to believe it, Nick, until you go between the lines and you play uh, Michigan on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Nobody's going to believe it until you win that game and you actually out-physical the team that has out-physicaled you. So I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I can't sit here and listen to you tell me how tough they are. You got to show me. And I don't mean to be negative uh, after a big, big win over, uh, over Penn State. The defense certainly look physical against them. The defense certainly looks physical, I think, overall. But there's some questions to be desired to, to, to be had, and we're not going to get answers to them until they line up across from Michigan. So I think what you're saying is fair. I would also say that this has been the year of toughness for Ryan Day, and I think I know why. 
If you think the last two years, Ryan Day is not when people have said you're more of a finesse team or you're maybe not the quintessential Big Ten team. And I've been one of the people who've been saying that. Michigan has been the quintessential Big Ten team the last two or three years, and Ohio State has been built to beat Georgia, which they damn near did last year. But I think the reason it matters this year to Ryan, more so than it did the last two years, is I think he knows that they're going to have to be tough to beat Michigan. And like last year, I don't think they needed to be tough to beat Michigan. They just needed to be flawless in their execution, and they needed to turn that thing into a track meet, and they weren't able to. Um, same thing two years ago, and although that was a closer game. So like this year, I think he looks at it, and he's like, well, I can't out-track meet them. I can't. I, I just I, – they're, they're as um, – uh, not finesse, but they're as physically talented as we are. And so if we're going to beat them, we've got to stoop to a level of physicality. And so I think his team's lack of physicality is in Ryan's head. I also think he's selling a little bit to the boosters and to the fans of like, hey, no, we're totally – physical don't listen to what lou hulk says don't listen to what mark Maybe. may says i did it wasn't great um don't listen to what anybody else says and here's the other part i also think he's selling to his locker room i think i think a good deal of your job as a college football head coach is you're selling things yeah, it's I, why it's why Dabo sweeney has existed in this world as long as he can because he he <laughs> people outside the, the the walls don't believe it but because he's created such a culture of self-belief that inside those walls, when he says something, yes, a fair amount of the, the kids do believe in a fair amount of the guys that work for him. I think so. I think it's just a sales job by Ryan internally and trying to, uh, to sell it externally. But Nick, it's one thing I think for the locker room to believe it and for the locker room to buy into this concept that like, Hey, we're a tougher team. We've learned from the error of our ways against Michigan in recent years. And we're going to come out and be more physical this year. And things are going to be different and whatever. And they're showing how physical they are through this open, this, this, you know, halfway point of the season. They've obviously out physical a lot of teams. Fine. Great. I think the, the Notre Dame game is a testament to that. The Penn state game is a testament to that. It's one thing for the locker room to believe it and internally feel this thing like, hey, we know things are different this year. It's another thing to keep saying it publicly. Like to me, Nick, I, I think the best way to sum this up is if you're a physical team, you don't have to go around telling everybody that you're a physical team. Like if I think that I'm a good radio show host, I don't have to come in every day and tell you, hey, Nick, just so you know, I'm a really good radio show host. I have to believe in myself and I can go home and say whatever I want to say behind closed doors in my head or to my wife and my my one-year-old son who gives me a, an answer that means nothing. I'll say, hey, do you That'd think really I'm a good weird. radio host? That'd be really <laughs> weird if you were like, hey, one-year-old, I'm a really good radio host. And then you were like, suck it, and you and, walk And out. his his response would probably just be, no, that's all he says these days. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he'd humble me. He'd humble me a little bit. But that's what I mean. Like, it's one thing for me to say it to people internally or believe it myself. It's another thing for me to come into our station every day and sit there and tell everybody that's sitting there, our boss, uh, the people who are on the air, pop my head in, hey, I'm a really good radio show host too. Like, I don't need to tell everybody that if I believe it myself. So, I think he's trying to convince himself even. Like, yeah, we are a physical team, you know? I think there's a part of that. Um, I also think coaches do this all the time. And here's the thing. Also, it's funny. I, I made fun of Ryan Day for his voice cracking, and then my voice is cracking. So. <laughs> karma. That's, that's called karma, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's funny. Like, I don't disagree with you. The amount that he's saying toughness and the amount that he's mentioning that is almost like chill baby cakes. Like, have some wine, have some grape. <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. But at the same point, like, I – I think he's trying to get the locker room around the idea to, to embrace almost the underdog. Like, hey, no one believes you're tough, right? Lou Holtz is out here saying what Lou Holtz is going to have. And listen, it worked in the Notre Dame game. Like, you were physical. And I think, I think, I think Ryan Day is trying to turn that into momentum that every guy in that program believes that nobody thinks you're tough. So – We'll see. I mean, I, I think Michigan is the end-all be-all for that. Like, if you see this yeah. team go out and play up head and shoulders above and just a ridiculous level, then I think it works. If you go out there and they dust you, it means this team really was soft and that this team was just beating inferior opponents. But, like, yeah, I think this is, I think this is an attempt at trying to turn it into a season-long war cry of we're tougher than everybody thinks and they're they're doubting your manhood – and honestly, I just think he's doing it because he has to. Like most years, Ryan Day can just let what, what happens on the field, whether it's Michigan, Wisconsin, 
Penn State. Um, I mean, even in the playoffs, he can let what happens on the field speak for itself. He can't this year. He knows he can't. This is arguably his least talented team. And so the fear becomes, hey, I got to find some special advantage, some motivational force, and I think you can do that in college. I don't think yeah. if you tried, if he, you know, I think Ryan Day is a potentially future good NFL head coach because I think he's an offensive minded guy. He spent a year with Chip Kelly in San Francisco or a year or two in San Francisco. So he has some experience. But like, if you ever tried this in the NFL, they'd laugh you out of the room. Right. But you can do this in college and it's the one place. And I think this year is the year he has to do it. So while we continue on, I did want to get your take on Ohio State, Wisconsin this weekend. It is a late game, um, which is going to make my old ass stay up way too late to talk about this game. Mm -hmm. That's the only part of this game I don't like. Are you fearful this could be a bump in the road for the Buckeyes? Um, I think for me, it's, it's about time. I, I put some respect on this team. Um, I started the year thinking they could be a two loss Ohio state team, which obviously we know is a a rarity for that program. Um, and I think that, you know, there's some, there's some interesting storylines going into this one, including the fact that it's Wisconsin tougher place to play. They got the jump around going on and that you got Luke fickle there. Who's somebody that's been linked to Ohio state numerous times for obvious reasons. Uh, obviously was the interim head coach for a, a, a split second there before Urban Meyer stepped in. And the history is there. It's, it's undeniable. And there's there's questions about like, oh, if Ryan Day gets fired, would they bring in Luke Fickle? And should they have brought in Luke Fickle by now and fired Ryan Day last year? So I, I think those questions are, are never going to go away. So obviously I think there's some pressure on Ohio State to get this win for those reasons to kind of silence that. Um, and I just think too, like with Luke Fickle teams, you know they're going to play tough. Uh, they're, they're a pretty good defensive team. They generally have played this year, a lot of, uh, one score games. They're not getting blown out really by anybody. Um, if they are losing now, the, the Iowa game is a little bit concerning and alarming. Not, somehow they let Iowa do what Iowa does against them and they only scored six points. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they're, they're playing some close games. I don't think they have, the thing is like against Ohio state this year, normally I'd sit here and say, yeah, you know what? Ohio State is going to breeze right past and they got too much firepower. But this is a year where we know that's not the case. And so I do worry a little bit about there being this game being a little bit closer than maybe we we want it to be. But I also think, again, going back to my original point, like this, this Ohio State team has passed and cleared every hurdle for me. They beat Notre Dame. I thought they were going to lose that game. Uh, they they beat they I, to me like they dominated Penn State. Like the score was close for most of it, but they were totally in control of that game just because their defense. And I think the defense gives you another performance that 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 mirrors that. You can't have what you had against Penn State and then have a letdown against Wisconsin when you know the the biggest game left on your schedule is still to come. We're talking about Brian Day throwing out the toughest thing too much. You can't sit here and preach to us about how tough your team is and then not get to, to Michigan unblemished at this point after you've made it this far in the schedule. So I think they come out. I don't think there's like a lapse in concentration here. I, th- I think they're able to handle – Wisconsin. It might be like a start slow and pull away type game, but I think that's kind of what I'm thinking with this one. So I'm a little torn on this game because Wisconsin does not have anywhere near the talent that Penn State does. No. So just on that basis, if you beat Penn State 20 to 12, and by the way, it was a 26 to you know, it was a 26 game. That was a late touchdown. It didn't really matter in the score. So you you pulled away from Penn State the last five, six, seven minutes of that game. So Theoretically, you should be able to go on the road in Camp Randall and get an easy dub. Here's the difference, though. To me, the difference isn't talent. The difference is the head coach. And James Franklin is a guy who, in that game, tried to be, I'm going to pass the hell out of the ball. I'm not going to you know, fall back to our strength, which is running the ball. I'm not going to go ahead and just be patient and let Ohio State make mistakes. They didn't really do that. I'm going to let Kyle McCord make mistakes. They didn't really do that. Luke Fickle will. And you talk about uh, Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi, their two yeah. running backs. And not just that, I mean, uh, the Braden Locke kid, he actually had some really nice moments at the end of the Illinois game. That's Illinois. Like, if you shut down Drew Aller, you should be able to shut down Braden Locke. But the point is, I think Luke Fickle is smart enough to know that our best chance is to run the hell out of the ball, stick to running, 
turn it into a mud fight. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we do that, then maybe take a couple decent shots off that with Locke late in the game or throughout the game and see if we can get an advantage and then put the pressure on Kyle McCord on the road to win the game. I that Ohio State should know this is coming, but like the fickle factor in this over the Franklin factor, the double Fs, as I call them, absolutely do matter. To me, the, the, and this, I think the line is 14 and a half points right now. As of right now, the over-under set at 43 and a half. If Wisconsin's going to have a chance, man, you've got you've to yeah. help hit the under. Well, I, I do think you're right about the running situation um, with Wisconsin. Like, If you're taking anything away from the Penn State game as they watch that tape back, it's that you know, maybe Ohio State has some some wiggle room and some some you know bend in terms of giving up run plays. We saw Penn State sort of get a couple big runs and then they went away from it, like you said, because of that that James Franklin factor. Um, and yeah, I think I think Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi will have an opportunity to sort of do some damage. And if they stick with that, that's why I think it could maybe be a closer game. But I, I think the biggest thing is at some point to beat Ohio State, I think Wisconsin's gonna need to make a big play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're going to be able to do that because this defense has really cut down on the big plays that they're giving up this year. And I think that that ultimately is going to be the difference. Like I think if if I think if you're in a sort of dogfight game like we saw this past weekend with Penn State and Ohio State, I think Ohio State has the edge just because they've already done it now multiple times where they know like, hey, we're not going to panic, we're going to get through this, we're going to be okay, we're going to come out on the other side. Versus like in other years, you worry if they're playing a team close because you're like, oh well, they're not really in this situation a lot, so. I think that behooves Ohio State and benefits them where they'll just kind of pull away late. And I think Wisconsin, because they do have a big hitter, like they could always, if they need to, they can always just throw it to Marvin Harrison Jr. and he can make a big play for you. And I don't know that Wisconsin will have an answer or get you that play to kind of get you over the hump late that you need from an athletic player or a skill player that they might, they just don't have that stacks up to Ohio State. I think you're fair to 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 wonder whether that can happen. What I would say is Braylon Allen is is very capable of making a big True. play. True. Now we you know that that's kind of their their him him or Lucy. One of them's going to have to pop off for it. I would also say though, like this is a game where Michigan's defense really matters, and how good can you really be? Because we always talk about big offensive plays, and yes, those matter. I'd also say, man. One defensive touchdown can swing this game to, to going from all of a sudden, especially early in the game, to give you a wider margin for error. So whether it's offensively or defensively, there needs some touchdown needs to come somewhere early in this game that puts the pressure on Ohio State. Because I don't think Kyle McCord is ready for this kind of game where it's really all about him. And I know, listen, you beat Penn State. And that was a game where some of that was all on you. You mean Honda McCord? Uh, sorry, yeah, Honda McCord. But like <laughs> Marvin Harrison was able to go ahead and get you where you needed to go. Um, but this is still a test because it's on the road. Because Camp Randall is going to be popping. It's a night game. Like this is a this is one of the most raucous environments in the Big Ten. And I think they're going to do it. Here's the thing. I I at the same point that I say I'm a li- I'm a little afraid of the fickle factor. Like, this is a great moment where if you want to showcase your toughness, you can showcase your toughness by closing this door and beating the and beating Wisconsin by halftime. Because they're mm-hmm. they're not yes, they're five and two, but they're a team that has significantly more holes on their roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, um, than they've had in a long time because of the turnover here and kind of the end of the Paul Christ era. So there's an opportunity here. If you can out-physical them and you can get some points on the board early, you can really get some momentum, and this could look like a great win for you. Yeah. It's yeah. just tough. It's tough with Luke Fickle. It's tough with Wisconsin. It's tough on the road. Everything, every one of these experiences is new for Kyle McCord, uh, a.k.a. the Honda well, McCord. I, I will I will say, though, I think the the Notre Dame game, I think, was a, a true test of, like, your, your will and your guts if you're Kyle McCord and these other guys. And that's why I think, like, yeah, I'm not saying Camp Randall is a, a cakewalk in terms of a place to go play, but I do think that if you can survive at Notre Dame the way they did, um, if you can, and I know it was at home, but if you can beat Penn State in a, a big game where you're, you know, it's, it's another top 10 team, bright lights, big stage, I, I think that this team at the very, the one thing I will give Kyle McCord credit for and I will give this offense credit for is like they are battle-tested at this point to 
weather those storms against teams that kind of hang with them. And we'll, we'll see if that, you know, if it finally comes back to bite them, because in some instances it could have. I mean, it was one play that made the difference in the Notre Dame game. But I, I, do, I do at least trust them. When you talk about toughness, like Ryan Day continues to, I do think mentally they clearly are a, a tough, tough team, and they're ready for those moments. So it's interesting. Like, I think they're battle-tested to this point. They've passed every test to this point. I think the test between now and Michigan becomes don't let uh, a team that you're more talented than sneak up on you. Don't let the circumstances get the but, best. But you. Nick, I also think they, I I, I want to, I feel like this team is self-aware enough to understand though. Like this isn't the Ohio state of the last couple of years where mm-hmm. I think you're more prone to let that happen when you know, like, Hey, we're going to just absolutely boat race this team. We have Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison jr. And Chris Olave and all like the, in those days, they kind of knew going in, like we're just flat out better than all these teams. And they, maybe you take your foot off the gas. I think this team knows that they have to work a little bit harder. Defense has to sort of be the the staple of the day in order for them to win. And the offense is going to have to kind of pick things up as they go. But I, I think they kind of already know that about themselves. I hope where they won't right. let off the gas. I hope you're right. Because if you do, or if maybe get caught peeking to Rutgers, who suddenly looks like a physical matchup. And again, I know it's Rutgers, but any one of these games, like, uh, outside of Michigan State, you should roll Michigan State. But like Minnesota's a team that if you let them stick around, three of your next four matchups can be gotcha games there. So uh, again, Ohio State traveling to Camp Randall, 7.30 p.m. kickoff, NBC. The line is currently Ohio State, a 14.5 point favorite going into Camp Randall. Uh, we'll get more thoughts on that. But Again, Sons of the Shoe podcast, you can follow and subscribe, rate, subscribe, follow, all that stuff everywhere you get your podcast, including 92.3thefan.com, the free Odyssey app, Spotify everywhere. And don't forget to watch your beautiful faces on the the YouTube channel as well, 92.3thefan. But when we come back, we are assessing the Michigan panic meter and fourth and long. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, it's that time of the Sons of the Shoe podcast. It's time to assess the Michigan panic meter, Spencer. And if you guys missed it last week or on, on the postgame show post the uh, Penn State victory, there are five levels, five levels to the Michigan <laughs> panic meter. Uh, the least level of panic is gray. Then you go to light panic. White is neutral. Light scarlet is your second most panicked. And then finally, the most panicked, Scarlet. And I started at light Scarlet before the Penn State game. I moved to white. Um, Watching J.J. McCarthy roll the way he did and just look phenomenal, I have to remind myself it's Michigan State. I also (laughs) am am not allowing this. Talk about distractions. That team's got a lot of them, huh? Good Lord. (laughs) Um, And then I'm not allowing the distraction of the Michigan uh, sign-stealing scandal to, to, to move me. I'm staying neutral. I am not moving. I am neutral right now. My panic is nil. And I, I think my, I might actually be nil until I see Michigan continue to kick everybody's ass and you just kind of get along. Or if you have a real scare against one of your next four games. I'm going to stay where I'm at, I think, too. Only I'm going to advance the meter slightly more into the light scarlet. I like we, we, We've been talking about this this cheating scandal and all this stuff. And you said it earlier in the show, Nick, like I could see this being a motivating factor for Michigan more so than anybody. Um, and so, yeah, I think like this just adds fuel to the fire when that game gets circled schedule of, Oh, we got Ohio state coming to town. We've beaten them the last two years. And now whether or not they had a role in this or not, like, Hey, they're trying to take it from us. They're trying to get us in trouble with the NCAA and, and, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I, I just wonder if it serves as an extra motivating factor for them. We already know they were throwing up the, the, uh, the fours in the, in the first game of the season for like free Jim Harbaugh. Like we know him being mi- missing for a period of time, apparently motivated oh. them to really kick the ass of Colorado state or whoever the hell they played. So I, I thought don't know. that, I thought that was them bragging about the quality of Michigan women. <laughs> we got a bunch of fours. <laughs> no, actually, oh you know what? God. 
That was such a low-hanging fruit joke. If you've ever been to Ann Arbor, you'll realize, much like Ohio State, there are beautiful women everywhere. And so my fat ass is one to talk. But those are all Michigan women. That's the thing. A lot of them come from other places. That's what you find out about a college campus. It's like, oh. Yes, that's how colleges work. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, So I don't know that we can call all the. So if you just go to Michigan. And you're an attractive woman. You just automatically become a Michigan woman, and you get you you get added to the rating. So what you're <laughs> saying is there's a difference between your standard Michigan seven and a University of Michigan seven. Yes, we have to yes. differentiate those two. Exactly. You know what? This is why you're the best radio show host in the land, and it's why you tell your one-year-old son it every chance you get. Uh, all right. So that is the Michigan panic meter. You guys can send. Uh, your panic meter, your current status at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore, but let's get to fourth and long. These are four things we're going to try and hit real quick. One, JJ McCarthy is quite literally the current Heisman favorite. Caleb Williams, uh, Caleb Williams took a dookie on the field for the second straight week. Uh, Michael Penix, not great, Bob. Now JJ McCarthy is plus big Penix energy, big Penix energy, but JJ McCarthy <laughs> plus 250 on the fan to lap Michael Penix plus 300 Jaden Daniels of LSU plus 300. And then nobody else is within a plus one, 1000. I think Bo Nix is the fourth place guy right now with Jordan Travis at plus 1200. Are you buying JJ McCarthy as the real Heisman favorite? Yeah, yeah, I think he has to be at this point. He's obviously putting up some big numbers, some gaudy numbers, and, I mean, he's got Michigan rolling. I, I think it was Penix before or after the Oregon game a week ago, and then I think Washington, he didn't play well, but Washington uh, had a little bit of a – they still won the game, but they had a little bit of a – But it wasn't game, pretty. Right, against Arizona State. So I think that that sort of took him – down uh, a peg that doesn't mean he can't get back up there i think he's still if, if washington runs the table if they win the pac-12 if they make the college football playoff i think he's very much still in the conversation but yeah I, I think even though it pains me to say uh jj mccarthy probably gets the nod right now granted hey what's what's the streak of guys who have won the heisman and their team hasn't won a national championship so maybe it's a, a good thing for ohio state if he wins the heisman all right, that, that's Ohio State fanboy spin, and I will allow it today because we got the fear with all the is other that Michigan spin, stuff. Is that spin worse, though, than the, oh, look at them cheating and, uh, yeah, take their wins and make Tim Harbaugh go away? There's no way it's no, worse, Nothing's right? worse than that. Nothing <laughs> is worse than that. So here's the thing. Um, JJ's the, the, the FanDuel favorite uh, as the, the Heisman favorite, and he still has two premier games. If, if he goes to Happy Valley that's and plays point. the same way – I mean, he's going to come into the Ohio State game as the odds-on favorite. I'm like, not just favorite, but maybe runaway favorite. The whole Heisman conversation for J.J. specifically could come down to that Ohio State game. So I think he's got two – like, the, he's sitting in a catbird seat is what I'm saying. And if he yeah. plays the way he did the first seven games of the season, the next four games or the next five games, like, he is going to seal this thing up. And honestly, he deserves it. He's fantastic. He's the best Michigan quarterback in a very long time. Um, And honestly, he's the best pro-ready Michigan quarterback. Everyone's talked about Caleb Williams and Drake May from the pro side of things. J.J. McCarthy's probably in that conversation. We move to second and long here. All right. Is Iowa still the favorite to come out of the West? No, I think it's got to be Wisconsin at this point. Granted, they lose to Ohio State this weekend. They'll have the same number of losses um, in the Big Ten. So I, I, I think right. Does Iowa have two uh, losses yes. in the Big Ten? I have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I just pulled I'll, it. Up I'll right. be honest with you. I, I'd rather it be Wisconsin, Minnesota, or Nebraska than Iowa. I don't want to see that defense. I don't want to on... see that. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I don't want to see. I, frankly, I, it, whether Ohio State makes the Big Ten championship game or not, I just don't want to see Iowa. Like that team is so miserable to watch. It's 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 the worst. It's the worst brand of football in 2023 I've ever seen in my life. I hate it. Uh, okay, I'm not saying you're wrong, <laughs> but I don't want to see it because they actually could beat Ohio State with that defense. Although, if the refs just keep jobbing Iowa out of like late game touchdowns, what happened with Cooper DeGene was one of the worst yeah. travesties. And I don't. I think Kurt Ferentz is a boob. I think Brian Ferentz <laughs> is a set of boob. Bigger boob. Like I just. <laughs> 
I got to and actually that's not fair cuz I like a set of boobs. So like <laughs> I just think it's I thought it was embarrassing uh but I'm I'm not going to turn this into the the Cooper Gene apology hour uh to Gene rather. We moved to third and long here. How much does the revenge factor matter this weekend for Luke Fickle year 1 at Wisconsin? Uh I don't think it's much. I I think Luke Fickle I think cuz here's the thing like not that he doesn't want to win the game and he's going to go like, Oh, these are my buddies at Ohio state. But I, I think like he has, I, I think he understands like the situation and kind of how things played out. And I think he is able to, he strikes me as the kind of person who can at least compartmentalize certain things and realize like, Hey, I'm happy with the situation I'm in. Of course you want to beat them, but that door is always open. I don't think it's like there's this ill will towards Ohio state where he's like, never want to go there again. Never want to touch foot on the campus. Hate that place. They did me wrong. I think he knows that there's there's always going to be kind of a, a an opportunity for him to maybe get there one day or get back there one day and and if he took if it happened I'm sure he would take it so I don't know that he's looking at it that way I'm sure he maybe he feeds that to his players because these guys use anything as motivation but I think like internally in his heart of hearts he doesn't like have some deep seated hatred revenge fear or uh, feeling for Ohio State I I think it's a motivator for Luke Fickle I don't know how much his players would care. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. players, these players were like 10 when Luke Fickle got, <laughs> had his one yeah. year at Ohio State, the, the Fickle year, six and seven. So like, I just don't know. Like, I think it would mean a lot for Luke to win. And I oh, think yeah. it'd be a huge win for him at Wisconsin year one at home. You're probably not going to do more than make the Big Ten title game at best. This would put you in the perfect position for that by the way but i don't know that the revenge factor matters but in the in the minds and hearts of this ohio state fan yeah it still scares the bejesus out of me and that moves us to our fourth and long of our four questions impacting ohio state and the playoff road ahead and the michigan road ahead um do you want the sign stealing saga and scandal to be the end of jim harbaugh in michigan there's always going to be the, there's always going to be the fan who's like, yeah, you know, to to be the best, you got to beat the best. So I want Jim Harbaugh to stay so that one day we get back at him and blah 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 blah. So I know where you're going with this take now that you're pointing to yourself. <laughs> um, but I, like, dude, I, I always subscribe to. You don't have to apologize for anything. If this forces Jim Harbaugh out and he leaves, and then you own Michigan for the next ten years after it, like, that's not your fault. It's it's it. That's his decision. That's what happened. Like. You'll take you'll take the win how you'll get the win. Same thing I said about hey, you'll take the Notre Dame win when they had ten guys on the field instead of eleven, and and you're not going to apologize for it. You don't have to, you're unapologetic for for winning a football game. So if it leads to his demise, which I think it probably does, and that's probably the more important thing to keep your eye on here than you know if he's, he's going to get suspended or something like that, then you know so be it. And it probably does bode well for Ohio State down the line. It, it sucks that he kind of owns you towards the tail end here, but you always have the Urban Meyer days to look back on. I feel like a, a, a parent who just figured out their kid won a spelling bee by cheating. Like, <laughs> I feel like screaming, well, not I didn't, like this, Jimmy. I didn't not say, like this. Jim Harbaugh leaving isn't cheating for Ohio State. It's just the well, circumstances no, but, that happened. But I don't want it like this. If, I, right? if I, I'm in, Nick, if I'm in a spelling bee and somebody yells out, the last three letters I need on the word. How am I? How is that my fault? I didn't look for. I didn't look to cheat, but it just happened. The word is stallions, <laughs> as in Connor Stallions. No, <laughs> my point is, the the rivalry just got good again, and I think if this was two years ago, Ohio State fans would be like, "No, keep Hardball here," and and a lot of that would be because the games were close. Yeah. But now because Ohio State's lost two straight, they're puckering. And they just want any excuse to be Ohio State again. And to me, and this is not Ohio State fans. This is the greater psychosis that comes with being a blue blood school. I don't want it like that. I want this. I want I want Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day in the trenches for the next 10 years. And I would love it if Ohio State could swing it back in their favor for the next two matchups. And so all of a sudden, the pressure's back on Michigan. Like, we're, we're back to seesawing. And it feels like they're on the right end of the seesaw. You win in in Ann Arbor this November, and all of a sudden the seesaw swings dramatically back to your favor because you're probably undefeated and going to the playoffs. Like I love it, man. Like the rivalry's back. 
Yep, I'm a little uncomfortable on game is, days watching them and watching. Ohio it is State. good for the it is, it is good for the rivalry. I agree with you on that. Like, it, it, like you want those two teams to both be good and sort of pushing each other back and forth, and that makes it way more fun than just getting boat raced one way or the other every single year. So I, I'm with you on that, but I I just can't. I'm not going to be apologizing for Jim Harbaugh leaving. Like, if 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 that's what he wants to do, and it means that Ohio State has a little bit of an easier path, then like so be it. I guess. You know where I'd like to see Jim Harbaugh next year? The Bears? Cleveland Browns. Just oh. kidding. That's the end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast. It's nope. not a Browns podcast. We can't nope. explore to the next not episode. Doing that. <laughs> I guess that take never happened. Uh, make sure, guys, we are going to be post-game Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to get that right up and out there for you guys after the 730 It'll game. It'll be late. It'll be late. It'll be late. Okay. We're going to look haggard. That's usually how I look. It has nothing to do with the time. That's just what time and and drugs have done to me. Time and booze <laughs> is the better way to put it. Uh, but make sure to check us out again. Follow us. Uh, you know, rate us, subscribe us on all the great outlets there. Whether you find your podcast or on your video feeds, Spencer, go Bucks. As always, Nick, go Bucks.